Good morning, beautiful church. Like everyone has said, this is such a cool moment where we get to be together again. Hey, how good is our God? He's an awesome God. We're gonna quickly open up and pray while you're still standing. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you that we can gather together in your house. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here and you have a word that you wanna speak into our hearts. So God, I pray that I will get out of the way, that you will move through me, that you will anoint every word that comes out of my mouth. It'll come straight from your heart. And I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in Jesus' mighty name and all the God's people said, Amen. Awesome, you guys can take your seats. So we're carrying on with our Change Your World series. Who thinks that's a good series? Oh, come on, I think it's a great series title. Because if you know View Church, for a long time, our kind of mantra has been, we are change lives, changing lives. Amen? Come on, God's called us. Once He's changed us, once we've experienced freedom, we're called to actually pass that on, to influence the world around us. And so we really believe that's our mandate as a church. And this morning, we're gonna be diving deeper into how we change our world, how God uses us to change our world. And so the topic of today's sermon is the compounding power of togetherness. Is that a mouthful? I'm quite verbose, hey, I, I like the, but I, listen, I love the word compounding. So the compounding power of togetherness. And I think the reason why I love the word compounding is because to me, it speaks of like synergy and multiplication and just, you know, getting better. And, 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 and let me put it to you guys this way. In the medical world, we have these amazing places called compounding pharmacies. Anyone ever heard of that? No, okay. Well, you, well, they are, if you, were, if, you were, if you were in the medical field, you would love them, okay? Compounding pharmacies are incredible. My favorite one's in Joburg. I order from Joburg for, for my patients. And, and what they do in compounding pharmacies is they will take a bunch of micro, macronutrients, anything that you want, and they mix it together in this beautiful cocktail where there's just the right amount of magnesium and just the right amount of vitamin C and just the right amount of zinc and, and vitamin B. And it's all combined so that when you give it to the patient, we do intravenous drips, with all the different parts working together, they actually cause the other micro and macronutrients to be absorbed more effectively. And they work, well, yeah, it's a synergistic approach. And you actually get this compounded effect. Are you with me? So in other words, I could bring a patient in and drill them with magnesium, send them home, bring them back the next day and drill them with zinc, bring them back the next day and inject them. Who likes vitamin B injections? They sting, hey? We could drill them with vitamin B and they wouldn't get nearly as good results as if we give them this compounded cocktail because all of these micro and macronutrients work better together. Okay, they actually complement each other. And so Andre is like addicted to these drips. That's like his superpower. If you ever think Andre is full of energy, you can just say to him, Andre, we know why you've got so much energy. Leanne's given away your secret. It's the compounding pharmacy in Joburg. Okay, I double dog dare you to say that to him. I know Saul will. There we go. 
telling all these secrets. But this stuff is magic. And I think it's a beautiful picture of the church of Jesus Christ. We are meant to work synergistically together. Like I can't sing like Martine. I can't make people, I, I can't, I don't have admin skills like Chris. You know, there's, there's so many things. Tana is a machine with social justice and counseling. I'm a terrible counselor. I just say, stop it. Does it help anyone? But we can all work together. Hey, we are so much stronger when we pull our gifts. So I really believe if we're gonna change our world, we're gonna do it together. Amen. The Bible actually says this. It says one will chase a thousand, but two will put 10,000 to flight. And I love that scripture, like it gets me excited. One will chase a thousand, but two will put 10,000 to flight. Now the maths does not add up, right? But God is bigger than maths. God created maths, and then he likes to mess with our minds. He's a God who does immeasurably more than we could ever ask, hope, or imagine. And Andre and I, we actually pray that over our marriage. We say, God, you said in your word. Matt spoke about claiming God's promises. We say, God, you said in your word that we are more, we're stronger together. That one of us can, can put a thousand to fight. But when Andre and I come together in unity, God, we're coming in unity. You can do 10 times more. Amen? God is a God who believes in togetherness. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 12, it says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone falls alone, they're in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but I love this. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. First point we're gonna explore is that together we are always better. Who here agrees with me that God's just designed it that way? He, he's designed it that way, that we actually need each other. He has created us to need other people. He has not created us to be needy, but he's created us to need other people. You, you know there's a difference, hey? Genesis 2 verse eight says, this is God speaking. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. I know it's Genesis chapter two, first verse in the Bible, but it's, oh, sorry, first, first book in the Bible, but it's the first time that God uh, expresses any kind of displeasure. And he says, it's not good for man or woman to be alone. He's saying, we all need somebody. Everybody needs somebody. Turn to the person next to you and say, everybody needs somebody. There we go. You know, when we, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you paid the price for my sins. We get salvation immediately, don't we? 
I, I love this picture. It will never grow old to me. Like, a, it, it always blows me away that the minute we pray that prayer, the Bible says we become the righteousness of God through Jesus. So basically what happens is we get a cloak of righteousness, like, you know, um, you're putting on this cloak and this cloak has got the, the sinless, spotless record of Jesus. So when God looks at you and me, He doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees the sinless, spotless record of Jesus. And that's why we make it into heaven, right? Not because we're good people, let's be honest. Got that? Unfortunately, even though our salvation is instant, we don't become these, these perfect people immediately. Wouldn't it be amazing if the minute you gave your life to God, God just clicked his finger and we became these perfect angels? Wouldn't it be awesome? I would love it. But unfortunately, the way God has created it, we will spend the rest of our lives in a process called sanctification. And sanctification is really the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. So I gave my life to Jesus at five. I've been on this process of sanctification for 30 something years. I'm not gonna give my age away, but it's been a while. And I don't know about you, but I'm still very far from perfect. There's still a lot of stuff that I need to work through. But you know what I've realized over my 30 something years of being a Christian? I can't get away from this, from this truth is that God uses people to sanctify me. God uses people to change me. I, I, I can't get away from that. And, and it's because it's the way he designed it. We find freedom through other people. We grow through other people. Let me make it practical. So I have gone away on, uh, on, on medical courses. I've flown to Joburg and I've spent three days in a hotel and like a real nerd, I've studied in all my free time and, and then I've attended the courses in the day and listened to lectures and then you come home and study because you have to write a big test at the end. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not really challenged in those times. I don't challenge myself, you know? I'm pretty okay. It's just me and the textbooks. But then I go away on a family holiday with my two siblings who I do love very much but I go away with my fully grown siblings and their families, and oh man, am I challenged to grow. <laughs> I am. I suddenly realize that I still need to learn to get better at conflict resolution, because I'm not 12 anymore and I can't just punch my brother in the arm. It's not appropriate or godly. So I've got to grow. I I have to grow in patience. I have to become less selfish, even though one of my siblings, and I'm not gonna tell you who it is, always chooses the best room for him and their family. <laughs> always. I'm like, I'm gonna grow in patience. I need to grow in patience. I need to love unconditionally. It makes me realize, hey, I've still got, a, I've still got some growing to do. I have to learn to smile at my sister when she crunches the cereal really loudly in my ear. She knows it annoys me. And then she talks with food in her mouth. I have to learn to just, I love her anyway. And I'll tell you what, there's many things they will tell you about me that makes them wanna grow. It works both ways. 
but you get my point. When we're around other people, that's when we realize we need to grow. That's when we get challenged. That's when we realize, well, that's how we get sanctified. Are you with me? We need each other to get better. When I'm with my children, I get challenged. Wow, Leanne, you gotta choose kinder words when you're challenging your children. You need, you, you still gotta grow. People make me better. People make you better. If you'll let them, they will cause you to grow. They'll cause you to deal with your issues. It's not always fun dealing with your issues, hey? But it's inevitable. At some point, we all gotta do it. Does it get messy sometimes? Oh yes, it gets messy. Is that the end of the world? No, life's messy. Proverbs 14 verse four, it says, an empty stable stays clean, but it brings in no profit. If you wanna have an empty stable, because you cannot deal with the, the droppings, the animal droppings, that's fine. You can have a nice clean stable, but you're not gonna get any profit. You can have a very clean life, keep people out of it, but you're gonna miss out on a lot of growth and a lot of blessings and a lot of profit, amen? because everybody needs somebody. Come on, we're not afraid to get our hands dirty. We're not after clean dysfunction. We want effective growth, even if it gets a bit messy. Can I get an amen? amen. And it leads me to my next point. People make us more effective. Who here today wants to live a life that counts for something? Come on, who wants their life to actually make an impact on this world? Who wants to live for a purpose? Come on, I believe everyone does. Even if you don't acknowledge it, even if you don't realize it, I believe it's part of our DNA. We are wired to want to have purpose. We are wired to want to make a difference. And that's why we talk about growth track week after week after week. I think some of you go, jeez, these guys, hey, they need a little bit of imagination. Do they have to talk about the same thing every week? No, we've got lots to talk about, but we, we're focusing on what's most important because we know that growth track is the front door into this church. And in growth track, you will discover your spiritual gifts. You're gonna find out, are you an admin junkie like Chris? Can you sing like Martine? Can you, uh, do you have the gift of mercy like Tana? What is your gift? You're gonna find out what it is. And then you have an opportunity to get on the team. And when you're on the team, you're gonna change lives. Listen, Tana's humble. We don't talk about her a lot. I'm, I'm not picking on her this morning, but this woman is incredible. So with Isidema, I would watch her pour her life out into vulnerable women, counsel for hours for free. What a mercy gift. What a blessing to our world. Do you know how many times I've phoned her, Tana, I, I, there's someone who needs help. I don't know what to do. Can you step in? If Tana had never done growth check or Tana hadn't discovered her gifts, it's almost like we would have been robbed of this massive blessing. Are you with me? Growth track gives you a chance to find out your gifts and to get on the team and make a difference. Find your purpose. I have no doubt that Tana feels fulfilled because she's in her lane and she's doing what she was created and designed to do. 
So that's why we push growth track. We're going, come on, get on team. I wanna encourage you. If you haven't done growth track, do it. Maybe you did do it and you didn't really, maybe you didn't like it. We've changed it so much. We keep on trying to make it better and better. That's one of our values at View Church. We always aim to make it better. So give it another go. And maybe you, maybe you just didn't follow through. Maybe you didn't join the team. Come and do it again. You need to get on team. You need to be a part of a team. We're gonna explore that in a little bit more depth. But I will say this, I believe with all my heart that your purpose and my purpose, your destiny and my purpose, it is wrapped up in team. And you might be saying, Leanne, how can you be so confident about that? Well, the Bible refers to us as a body. And I think the body is a very, very good example. The Bible refers to us as a body, one body with many parts. And it's, it's a great example of how every part has to function optimally to have a healthy body. So you might have perfect eyesight. You might have the best vision ever. But if your middle ear is messed up and you have no balance, even with your perfect eyesight, you will walk into walls. Are you with me? Because you need balance and eyesight to walk straight. Amen? You might have the strongest calf muscles in the room. Don't put up your hand if you think you do. That's just weird. But you might have these strong muscular legs that could take you for miles and miles and miles. But you wanna know something? If your peripheral nervous system isn't working, the signal from your brain isn't gonna get to those strong muscles and they're not gonna be able to move because they need your brain to tell your peripheral nervous system to innovate your muscles to move and work. Are you with me? We need every part of the body functioning properly if we're gonna have a healthy body. Exactly the same with the church of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, it says, verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? And if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies, verse 18, have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. Skipping to verse 27, it says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. I'm gonna read that one more time because it's powerful. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Come on church, it doesn't get much clearer than that. We need each other if we're gonna be effective. Now, if you've been around View Church for long enough, you will have heard us say this. We do believe that God has called us to be a church that influences our city and changes our nation. You might go, wildly, well, and that's ambitious. It's not ambitious, it's biblical, okay? The local church has always been God's answer. 
I, I don't believe we're gonna see South Africa change because of politicians or because of businessmen. We're gonna see our country change when the church rises up, the church of Jesus Christ, amen. But I'm also, I'm not delusional. I know we have 10, about 10 full-time staff and we've got a church in Malpos now, we've got Tableview and we're planting Camps Bay. We've got three churches. I'm not delusional. I, don't, I know that with 10 full-time staff, there's no way we're gonna change our city. Malpos, Tableview, Camps Bay and, and our city. We can't do it with, with 10 full-time staff. But we have a couple of thousand members with a couple of thousand members who know their spiritual gift, who are a part of the dream team, who are committed to playing their part in this body, who are going, hey, I'm a foot. I'm gonna do what the foot needs to do. I am invested. I'm gonna invite my world. I'm gonna reach out to my colleagues. I'm gonna be a part of a view group. If we've got thousands of people doing that, who agrees with me? We're gonna plant more churches. We're gonna change our city. We're gonna change our nation. Come on. If we do it together. We are powerful and effective when we do it together. Next point, together we spur one another on to destiny. Hebrews 10 verse 24 to 25, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, so I had a bit of a laugh when I was prepping this message because I was actually looking for the scripture, we need to spur one another on. Okay, so my point was, we need to be encouraging each other, right? But then I had a good giggle where it says, let us not stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now I'm obviously speaking to the wrong crowd here because you guys are all here. So you guys are amazing. But let's be honest, COVID has made a lot of people complacent. Hey, it's become convenient. Like Sunday, we just stay in our PJs, man. We don't have to brush our hair. We don't have to brush our teeth. Don't lie, don't pretend you don't brush your teeth on a Sunday sometimes. I know some of you when you're at home. And then you go, I'll watch the sermon in the week when I've got a free moment. I'm just gonna sleep in and chill on a Sunday. I'll let you in on a little secret. You can come to church and not brush your teeth. You've got a mask on, no one will see the plaque. And even better, everyone else has got a mask on so they can't smell your breath. Now I'm joking, please brush your teeth because COVID will end in Jesus' name and you don't wanna be left with rotten, broken teeth. That's what I'm telling my girls. I'm like, brush your teeth. So yeah. But my point is, we've become a little bit complacent and the Bible's warning us, don't become complacent. Don't stop meeting together like some people have got into the habit. And it got me on this, on this train of thought. I kind of went off, off the point I was trying to make. And I was like, yeah, it's really important to meet together because one of the devil's favorite age old schemes is to get us isolated, okay, away from the body, because when we're isolated, we are weaker, and then it's way easier for him to take us out. Are you with me? 
If he can get you offended, complacent, happy in your PJs, he gets you isolated, you easy pickings. It's like lions, okay? I love lions. Oh, I don't love lions. <laughs> it's a bit of an exaggeration, but I respect lions. Wouldn't like to meet a lion that wasn't behind a fence, okay? But I think that the way that they hunt is a little bit below the belt, okay? Because this is how lions hunt. They stalk their prey and they watch them for quite a while. And they go, which is the weakest member of this pack, of this herd? That one looks a bit clumsy. I reckon that one's gonna be easy pickings. And then after stalking the prey for quite a while, when they eventually pounce, they do it in numbers. Okay, so you won't have one lion attacking, they'll do it in numbers. And the reason they do this is because they want to take their prey completely by surprise, startle them and cause them to scatter. And when they scatter, they will isolate who they've decided is the weakest link and they will take it out. Are you following me? We cannot afford to become isolated. Church, please hear me today. If you remember anything I'm saying, I want you to remember this. You need good friends. I need good friends. If I wanna reach my destiny, if you wanna reach your destiny, we need good friends. Friends that are not scared to tell us the truth. Friends who really have our back. You know that friends that really love you, they're okay with telling you things you don't really wanna hear because they know it's gonna be good for you. Like, I'm, I'm one of those people, I will say to you, if you are my friend and you let me walk around with a booger in my nose, I wanna reassess if you really are my friend. I'm like, come on, real friends tell. Like there's nothing worse than um, talking to a group of people for like 50 minutes and then going to the bathroom and seeing a big piece of black lettuce in between your front teeth. And you're like, what? And nobody told me. Am I the only one that's happened to? It's mortifying. I've actually gone to friends and said, I had lettuce in my teeth. Why didn't you tell me? Real friends tell. Like real friends have your back, come on. It's embarrassing for like five seconds when they call you out in public. Oh, Leanne, you got some lettuce in your teeth. Yes, it's embarrassing for like five seconds until you've ripped it out. But you know what's way more embarrassing? Talking to people for 50 minutes with the lettuce in your teeth and, and realizing you ate 50 minutes ago and it's been there the whole time. That's way more embarrassing. Come on, real friends have your back and they go, you got some lettuce in your teeth. I'm telling you this because I love you. We need some friends in our life who will say, hey, Leanne, you've got some spiritual lettuce in your teeth. You need to deal with that. I'm telling you because I love you, because I wanna see you reach your destiny. I'm gonna brave an uncomfortable moment, an uncomfortable conversation because I love you and I want to see you be all you can be. Guys, have you got friends like that in your life? Come on, every Ruth needs a Naomi. Every Mary needs an Elizabeth. Thank God that Mary in her moment of crisis went to Elizabeth. She was a young virgin who was pregnant. Everyone was gossiping about her. 
Um, they all said she was a liar. She'd been cheating on Joseph. Joseph was planning to quietly divorce her. And thank goodness she went to Elizabeth because I think if she had gone to the wrong friend and they had said, oh, Mary, this is a raw deal. She could have ended up quite depressed and who knows what would have happened. But she went to Elizabeth and Elizabeth said, Mary, I've got your back. Mary, I'm gonna prophesy life over you. Mary, you are blessed. Come on, Mary, God's got your back. Mary, you are favored. You're carrying the Messiah. God's got this. This is gonna work out. This is amazing, Mary. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna cover you in prayer. You can do this. I'm walking with you. We all need an Elizabeth. Every Timothy needs a Paul. Where are you gonna find people like that? You're gonna find them in this church. This is your church. This is God's church, but you're his people. You're his children. And we're a family. But we are a big church. And there's nothing wrong with being part of a big church. I believe that healthy things grow. If you say to me, Leanne, come and see my beautiful, healthy apple tree. And I come to this tree and there's like two little apples dangling on it. I'm gonna go, that's not a healthy apple tree. Because healthy things grow. So it's okay to be a part of a big church, but, but that's why we push view groups so much. That's why we get up here and every week we say, come on, if you're not part of a view group, you need to join a view group. You need to get out of a row and into a circle. You need people that you will let into your life that can really get to know you, that can encourage you, that can be your Elizabeth, that can be your Timothy, that can call purpose out of you, that can speak life over you, that can pray for you, amen? Come on, there's a view group for everyone. You can go, Leanne, I'm really busy. Well, there's a dog walking group on a Saturday. There's a surfing group on a Saturday. There's, there's so many options, but we need you to get into a circle because you know what? If you miss church today, chances are I won't notice because you've all got masks on and the lights are bright. You're a bit blurry. It's not my eyesight, okay? I had LASIK. But I'm also preaching in three services and there's over 200 people, praise the Lord. So I might not realize that, you, that, that you've missed today, if you missed today. But you know who will realize? Your Elizabeth and your Timothy. And they'll message you and go, hey, why weren't you at church? Come on, better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. So whatever you're going through, you need to be in God's house. That's where you're gonna get breakthrough. That's where you're gonna get momentum. Come on, God can do a miracle. You got a little bit of spiritual lettuce in your teeth, but I'm gonna help you because I love you and I got your back. You're gonna find those people in your view group. So please, please, if you're not in a view group, sign up. Maybe you've tried a view group, it didn't feel great. That's okay, we've all got thick skins. You will find your tribe. You will find a group that feels like home. Maybe you wanna join, there's even a beach swimming group. How cool is that? You will find your tribe. But we need it. We need each other if we're gonna reach our destinies. And this leads me to my final point. I'm gonna ask for some keys up. Together, 
we form an army. Anybody ever heard of a one-man one man army? Be a bit of a joke, eh? Hey? It's like a one-man band. I'm always like, no. Got like one person strumming on the guitar, trying to sing, and then trying to keep the rhythm while they like hit the, 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 the bass drum. And, I, oh, and I'm, no, I'm like, a band is like plural by definition. Come on, man, where are your bandmates? Is it just me, just me? Not just me, thank you, Saki. He's got my back. But an army is even more extreme. You can't have a one-man army. You need people. You need people to have your back. You need people to cover you. I actually love what that verse said. I'm actually gonna go back to it. Um, I thought it was such an awesome example where it says, we need to stand back to back. We need to protect each other. Ecclesiastes, there's our, our Bible school students. We need to stand back to back. We need to fight together. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 8. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And therefore put on the full armor of God that when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Another version from verse 12, it says this. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Guys, we are in a battle. Whether you believe it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, it doesn't change the fact that we are in a battle. It's a spiritual battle, but it's real. And if we're in a battle, we need an army. We're each other's army. We need to be standing back to back. We need to be fighting together. And we also need to put on the armor of God. If you've never heard of the armor of God, it's nothing weird or spooky. I know it can sound very hyper-spiritual, it's not. Go and read it in Ephesians chapter six. But this is what I try to do every morning. Just simply, I go, you know, I'll say my prayer and I'll say, God, right now I'm putting on the shoes of readiness that bring your peace. I'm taking up the sword of the Spirit. That's your word. I'm gonna speak your word over my life. 
that the boundary lines have fallen for, for me in pleasant places, that I am more than a conqueror, that you hold me by my right hand today. I speak it over my life. I say, God, I'm putting on the belt of truth. I'm gonna focus on your truth, not on what the world says is true, what you say is true. God, I'm put, I've got the breastplate of righteousness. I'm saved, not because I'm a perfect person, but because of that Jesus lived a perfect life and died in my place. I'm gonna take the, the, the shield of faith and I'm gonna remind myself that my God is fighting for me. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. God, thank you for protecting my mind and thank you that I'm saved. It's that simple. And I feel like I'm ready to step into the day because there's always a spiritual battle happening. So we put on the armor of God and we make sure that we're part of an army that have our backs, that cover us in prayer. You know that as a church staff, we pray for you guys all the time. Andre and I pray for you guys all the time. We have your backs, but we don't know every single individual need. That's why you gotta get into a circle or fill out a prayer card. Come on, we are better together. We're gonna change our world together. We're gonna get the victory together. Amen. As we stand back to back and we carry each other in prayer. Church, I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet just for a moment. I just wanna... I wanna pray for every one of us. I wanna ask God just to come and do something in our lives, to knit us together, for there to be a unity, and for us to really just function as the body parts that God created us to be. Is that, is that good? Will you pray with me? I'm gonna ask you to lift your hands. This is nothing weird, this is just a sign of surrender. We're just saying, God, I'm surrendering in this moment. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are a God who has changed our lives. And I thank you that because of what you've done in our lives, we get to be changed lives, changing lives. God, we thank you that we get to be your hands and your feet. It's our greatest honor and privilege. And God, we know that we can be way more effective when we do it together. So right now, God, we just pray for a supernatural unity over our church, God. I pray that you'll knit us together. I pray that you will help us to get into the right circles. I pray that we will be able to have each other's backs, God, to, to love each other enough to have difficult conversations, God, to know what, each, what, 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 our, what our, our sister and our brother is struggling with, Lord. God, we ask you right now for a fresh anointing. I pray that you'll bring the Elizabeths into our lives, the Pauls into our lives, so we can be a powerful army for you in Jesus' precious name. Just while we stay in this attitude of worship with every head bowed, if you're here this morning, and you're saying, Leanne, I hear what you're saying, but I'm, I'm, I haven't actually taken this step, first step. I haven't acknowledged that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I haven't asked Him to be Lord of my life, but I want to. I wanna live for purpose. I wanna live for something greater. I wanna join this family. Or maybe you made a decision a long time ago, but you know you've drifted away and you need to recommit. With every head bowed out of respect, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond and say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. 
So with every head bowed, I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you, I want you to stick your hand up. One, God so loved the world. Two, that He gave His one and only Son. Three, you can stick your hand up. Best decision you will ever make. And it's just me looking. Anybody, just stick it up high so I can see it. Okay, we see that hand. That's awesome. Anybody else? Come on. Best decision you will ever make. You're saying, I wanna live for purpose. We see that hand. We see that hand. That's amazing. Come on. The whole of heaven throws a party. We see that hand. When one person says that they wanna follow Jesus, the whole of heaven throws a party. We see that hand. That's awesome. Best decision. We see that hand. We see that hand over there. That's amazing. Come on, best decision you could ever make. You get to be a part of a family. You get to live for something greater than yourself. Come on, this is awesome. We're gonna pray together as a church family. Can we do that? Every person in the room, we're gonna pray together because we have each other's backs. Come on. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Today, I ask you to be Lord of my life. I wanna become part of your family. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you have a plan for my life. Thank you that from now on, I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' precious name. Come on, let's give God some praise. It is awesome. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. I just wanna encourage every person that puts their hand up. You know, Andre always says this. I'm stealing Andre's one, well, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good uh, explanation. He always says, you know what? If you hit a home run, you would be crazy just to stop at first base, right? You run all the bases. You just made the best decision of your life, but don't stop at first base. Follow through now. Come on, get hold of us on WhatsApp or connect with the service pastor, but join a few group. You need to find your tribe and come and do growth track. Come on, we need you. You're part of our family now, we need you. You might be the missing ankle that we need, or you might be the, 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 the missing hand. We need you. So do growth track, do view group, please. And then today is a very special day. We get to do baptisms. It's Baptism Sunday. And I'm gonna ask the people that are getting baptized just to slip out to the back, to the bathrooms um, to get ready. And if you wanna get baptized, maybe you didn't prepare to get baptized. Well, we've got your back because we've got clean, washed, sterile, COVID-free, black tops and shorts for you. So you can get baptized on the spur of the moment. We have towels as well. Um, and so you can make that decision right now. But baptism is such a significant moment um, in the lives of our church family because what you're doing when you decide to get baptized is you're making a public declaration of a private decision that you've already made in your heart. And it's an, a step of obedience to God and God honors obedience. He actually says that obedience is greater than sacrifice. So He says to us, we need to get baptized. You're stepping out in obedience. It's gonna be a blessing on your life. I, know, I have no doubt. But really, I think an awesome way to do, to explain baptism is that it's, it's the wedding ring of Christianity. So when Andre and I got married, we made vows before God, but then 
we put wedding rings on each other's fingers to show the world publicly the private commitment that we had made to each other in our hearts. So you're with me. So it's like the wedding ring of Christianity. So I'd encourage you guys, uh, if you've got a few moments, come to the back. We're gonna be baptizing. Well, come outside. We're baptizing just outside the doors and cheer your family members on. Um, and for the rest of you, you must have an amazing Sunday. Remember, this is a double dip Sunday. You don't wanna miss out on tonight. We've got Team Whitaker who are gonna be dropping a bomb. Come on, where's CJ and Martin? They are gonna be preaching together about being better together. How appropriate is that? So you don't wanna miss out on tonight, 6 p.m. back in the building. For the rest of you, have an amazing week. We love you guys. The band are gonna kick us out.